first podcast for us, I guess. I'm giving it a shot and uh, going to talk about real estate today. <laughs> or whatever comes up, right? Yeah, exactly. As long as we have a smile on our face the whole time, who cares what we talk about? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much so, it, yeah. So how, how, how is that real, real estate market? What's going on? It's, it's been interesting. Um, I mean, to get into the background, I guess, I mean, I, I started getting into real estate in 2018. I think I got my license. Um, and, and I guess I sort of joined at the right time with like <laughs> the wind at your back, like when you're running and things have obviously gotten very exciting in the last two years. Um, with, with that said, I guess during COVID, I thought I was going to go bankrupt. So it's kind of a weird mix of the two. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I specialize in in luxury real estate up here in in Sedona, Arizona, and uh, it, it's been really interesting. I think I've sold a little over twenty five million each of the last two years, and another fourteen million this year or so. So um, I think I think my total is over seventy five million in the last three years, which is just unreal. I mean, I was <laughs> it's, not it's not it's ready stupid, isn't it? I mean, you sit you sit and think about you know how if you're making twelve bucks an hour minimum wage and you work you know, yeah. 40 hours a week and you do all that stuff. And here, you know, you make these commissions and it's just, yeah. it's beyond, uh, it's, it's kind of unbelievable in it. It's, it's a hundred percent unbelievable. And it's, it, it it's, I, I'm convinced that real estate is the best way to climb the, uh, the financial ladder. Um, I, I, I don't know of any other ways where you can, you know, go from zero to being comfortable, uh, in three years, I guess. And, you know, maybe you could invent something or or start a business or whatever, but real estate's cool because there's like no real barriers to entry other than a 90 hour real estate course, uh, which doesn't prepare you for anything, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, so how old are you? How old were you when you took your uh, test? I was 23, 20, yeah, 23 and a half or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I failed. What motivated Not, you? <laughs> yeah. What motivated you to do it though? Yeah. So, so for me, I was, I was working for other people and I really wanted a way to become more of an entrepreneur, I guess. I, I don't love working for other people, I found out. <laughs> and so um, I, I guess I wanted a way to work for myself. And and I always found real estate to be interesting. My dad's been in real estate for 25 years or whatever. And I guess I just saw it as a cool opportunity. So I, I took the test, you know, not many people know this, but I failed it twice and <laughs> didn't really study. And <laughs> But it's not necessarily indicative of how you how you are as a real estate agent so i think i'm thankful for that i guess <laughs> well let's let's go back uh let's talk about uh, how we first met yeah yeah so you you why don't you tell the story yeah <laughs> it's more exciting <laughs> well you know we, we back in 2002 we moved uh to sedona from from dallas and it was we were really um you know looking and we're there to enjoy the beauty and embrace sedona for its magical, mystical, uh, vortices and everything else that comes with, uh, with that. And so I, I, you know, we get there and I'm, you know, I, I'm still, you know, I'm a tax accountant. So I, you know, trying to figure out, well, how am I going to make some money here? And we were looking at, uh, the, the possibility of teaching. Cause I've, I've always wanted to teach, but you know, with under a teacher's salary, it's, it's a really hard thing to do because teachers don't make a lot of money. So I, I uh, ended up volunteering for a year at the high school. And then after that, um, I was offered a position to run their business department. And that was in so 2002. And uh, Jack, so when, when did I meet you as a high school student? 
I guess it would have been 2009 was my freshman year. Okay. And I'm pretty sure business was my first class. Yeah. And, and we didn't, it was not a traditional class, was it? No, no. I think, <laughs> I, you know, I don't necessarily know if you were still volunteering or actually getting paid or whatever at that time, but it was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty fun. I mean, to say the least, we had a, a mock version of the apprentice that we played uh, the whole time, which is even funnier now for, mm -hmm. you know, with everything that's happened, but um, that was always entertaining. And, you know, I guess it was my first real taste of uh, numbers and finance. And, you know, I mean, we learned everything, compound interest. We did our own, you had us do tax returns. I mean, it's crazy to think <laughs> back on and <laughs> being like, you know, 14 years old doing all that. It was pretty cool. <laughs> well, you know, it, and it's, it's a lot of fun. We, you know, people that really got into it and embraced it are still people that are like you entrepreneurs that are working on it as we go, as they go through life. And, uh, you know, it's fun to partner up. Uh, to do different projects together, whether it's, you know, I mean, I've worked with students on a valet service, a, um, you know, a lot of real estate projects and uh, just you name it. And it, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's very rewarding, you know, as, so as a teacher, when you see results from people who are, um, you know, when they, after they've gone through that process, it's, it's really interesting. So very, yeah, very fun. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of come full circle, I suppose, because uh, Mark and I have actually now like partnered on some apartment investing, which has been uh, pretty successful. And we just decided to, you know, do some more work together on those, which is pretty exciting too. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. You know, and, you know, anytime you form a partnership, you always want to uh, make sure who your partner is and, and have a good understanding because most of the partnerships that, that we work with fail and it's not uh, any, it's not, something that, you know, you just go into and say, Oh, let's, let's have a partnership. Uh, and it's, it's more tight than a marriage. So yes. you think about, you know, when, when, because you're talking about money all the time and decision-making and, and it, you actually spend more time a lot of times talking to your business partner than you do a spouse. Yes. Yeah. So you gotta be you, careful who you get into bed with, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> and leave the lights on. So you know who it is. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you a question, but I completely forgot. Oh, the other day, I mean, I know we talked about this the other day, but, uh, you know, we were sort of talking on the phone about whether or not I should, you know, partner on new apartments. And we were talking about how uh, even when you start to, I guess, sort of like find some success, you still are really nervous because of where you, uh, you know, maybe came from or how you're making your money or whatever it is. And uh, I don't know. I think it's a good opportunity to maybe talk about that too. <laughs> well, you know, it's a mindset. Definitely. Yeah. It's something that you... Um, that you have to prepare yourself for because there, people do have the fear of success mm -hmm. and they don't really picture going outside their little box. So a lot of people yeah. figure they can just go to work. They work all day and go home. They don't want the stress. Uh, and those, uh, that's great. There are people like that. Then there are people who are the entrepreneurs that just, you know, can't stop working and they just want to make, you know, you want to work harder. You want to work smarter, not harder. Yes. Uh, and a lot of people work harder, not smarter. And they yes. work all these hours and they don't really see a big benefit and they're spinning their wheels. So, um, you know, that, that is a, a big part of, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the, the mindset. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, I guess I never expected that to be part of the journey. Like I always thought when you sort of started making it that you'd just be like, Oh, this is so cool. And I'm confident now. And it's like the opposite, <laughs> right? <laughs> so what happens when you make a little, what do you want to do? Yeah, you want to make more. I guess you want to make more, and, and yeah. then how much is enough, right? I don't know because <laughs> I guess I guess there's a there's a weird line for me that's like, 
is it about the money or is it about, you know, making an impact and making a difference? And I think, I think that, I guess once you earn X amount of money, you're sort of like, okay, but then you want to do something that, you know, matters or, or uh, <laughs> I guess makes a difference in your own life. And then you can make the difference in people around you and a lot of responsibility that comes with it and all sorts of other stuff. <laughs> well, sure. And how much is enough? You know, so yeah. we talk about people, they reach a certain point in their lives. They've made, you know, let's say they make good money and they're now 30, 35, 40, but they've worked and they're tired and they want to do something different. And that's really normal to switch mm -hmm. careers for people or do something related to it, maybe something different or yeah. add to it, you know, yeah. and it can be a mixture of all that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess for me, like my journey has been interesting because I started off just trying to do regular residential real estate, right. Sales and stuff. And then, uh, branched into luxury, new construction, home sales, and now, um, have sort of transitioned out of that into, I don't know, like a luxury purchase advisor, almost like I go out and find deals for people where they can either make money or invest or, uh, you know, from a developer standpoint, we're looking at new land to build more homes and all this stuff. So for me, it's been like a really interesting journey. And then, uh, in terms of like day-to-day -day work and then on the side, you know, you have this investment stuff that comes up. So you're looking at apartments and, um, you know, I guess crypto and whatever else, but that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and because you work to try to make the money and then you want to try to invest it mm -hmm. and then whatever you invested in, you want to try to make more money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's this weird, like, <laughs> I mean, compound interest is, is amazing, right? Of course. But there's like a personal compound interest of your work life too, which is sort of non-monetary and, and more interesting maybe. Um, I, I have a question for you. So I've always, I have this argument, I guess, with people lately, but like personally, I don't want to own a home for a while, right? I like to rent where I live and then buy, you know, whether it's investment properties or whatever, but what, what do you think about that? Am I stupid? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, everybody's different. Everybody has a different goal. Uh, some people, I've worked with a lot of people now later in life, they've decided they've owned homes their whole lives. They sold, they made a bunch of money during this, you know, big COVID increase and then now they're now they're just going to rent a place and they're fine renting for the rest of their lives. They don't have to, you know, someone else is paying for the repairs. Someone else is, you know, responsible for the, for the taxes. They just pay their monthly rent and they're fine. Drawback to that is if someone wants to sell their house from underneath them and they have to move again. And you know, those are those things unless you get a long-term lease. Mm -hmm. So, and even with a long-term lease, people are bought out. If they, if the seller wants to really sell the house, they buy them out to get them out. So you might get some money, but then you have to move again. Yeah. So, so, Renting, uh, uh, I mean, it, it's hard now because if you buy a house now, you're paying, it's, it's kind of at the top of the market, we think. Mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. but, you know, fast forward a year, maybe there's a new top. Right. And then you say, oh, I wish I would have bought then because we were still on the way up. Or is there right. a bubble? Or, you know, everyone talks about that. And, you know, you, you talk to 10 different people, you'll get 10 different opinions as to what, what the bubble is. Yeah. Or if it's a bubble or, or, you know, is, what's going to happen with the real estate market. You have someone saying it's going to go up. Some people say it's going to go down. Some people say it's going to stay the same. You know, you, yeah. we don't have a crystal ball. I really want a crystal ball. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, I guess, I guess uh, what do you think about the market going forward in the next year or something? Well, I, guess? I still think it's strong. I, I mean, you have people coming in. A lot of people are coming in with lots of money. They're selling property and then they have cash and they're paying cash for a lot of properties yeah. or they're financing some uh, as the market, as the interest rates go up, they're going to be paying more cash and not financing as much again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as the interest rates go up, I think you'll start seeing a little slowdown for people that normally would, would finance. 
right. uh, just from just from my perspective, you know, there's there's who knows what really will happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but from what I've seen, you know, I mean, I've I've done my my job for about 38 years, and you know, the trend is for probably it to continue. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the values have not gone up so much so fast uh, in, in uh, you know, I don't think we've ever seen this. You know, how, how can we, how can we get into a house? What, what happens if you graduate college and then you get a job and then now you're trying to get a, um, get a house and yeah. you're making, you know, 30, $40,000 a year. What's it going to make that employer do? Are they going to have to wait, uh, increase and uh, pay more wages? Mm -hmm. So your, your starting salary might be higher. So it's going to cost them more, which then passes all those costs on to the public. So then you start seeing higher prices everywhere. Yep. Um, what do you do? I mean, if you're making 40,000 a year in your house that you want to buy that used to be, you know, 250,000 or 150,000 yep. is now 500 or 600 or 700,000, your payments three times as much. What do you do? Yeah. And, and you're going to lose, you know, I guess if that's your gross, I mean, what do you lose? 33% to taxes or so too. So then all of a sudden, <laughs> What do you have left over? I don't know. You don't I mean, lose I don't... that tax. You get to you get to donate that to the government for their ex, right. uh, their uh, wonderful use of the funds. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just an interesting time. I mean, you know, I think I don't necessarily know exactly specifically uh, what this data is now, but like you know, three months ago, forty percent of all the money in circulation was printed in the last twelve months. Like that's that's sort of terrifying, I guess, for me. And I know that's part of the process and everything, but then you talk about inflation and, you know, you were sort of um, alluding to inflation, I guess, through wage increases and price increases and all this stuff. And I mean, that's the thing everyone wants to talk about right now, because um, I, th I think that's sort of the silent killer in my, in my opinion, you know, mm -hmm. the market could sort of, the ship could be going down and you might not even realize it because your buying <laughs> power is just decreasing constantly. Well, I, I mean, you go to the grocery store, you don't really know how much more it's costing you to, you know, cause you don't buy exactly the same thing every time, but I yeah. paid $7 for a carton of eggs the other day that I normally, you know, the, the, the fancy eggs that you normally pay $4 for. Right. Right. $7. And that's, that's ridiculous. Right. But you know, when it's but all it, on a, a big receipt who cares right well if you say it's seven dollars there's 12 eggs you divide by you know um you could say you have three eggs so it makes four meals so you say okay right. how much did it really cost you per meal <laughs> so, yeah yeah <laughs> but but you know the cost of bread cost you know people are still using those stickers those i did that stickers and all those things that are all over they're on the i saw them at the gas stations and, oh uh, yes <laughs> and the, and the, they're putting them in the grocery stores too now but um you know you, you i think i mean they're talking about potential food shortages and stuff mm -hmm. too. And, you know, I hope it doesn't get to that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I never thought we would actually see that in our lifetime, you know, but yeah, we are. Yeah. And look at, I mean, gas, you know, I, normally I could, I could fill up my tank for like, you know, $45 and now it's a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, and my, so. my, my gas situation is significantly worse too. I mean, I have a super truck that, you know, I had to put premium in and all this stuff and holy hell, it gets expensive. But anyway. Yes. And, and, you know, so you say, okay, well, and if then the argument is, well, if you're paying, if you're buying a super truck, let's say, or something mm -hmm. like that, yeah. you're not buying it to save gas, but no. you're not saving the money. But if everything that you do costs more money as you go, which is in, you know, that inflation, right are your wages keeping up with that? What do you have to do to make more money to pay for everything that you're spending? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, <clears> I guess <throat> tying back to real estate, like I feel fortunate to be paid more as the market goes up. Right. Because, because 
the housing market, I guess, is, you know, going through inflation or price increases and stuff. Um, and then, of course, as a real estate agent, you make a percent of the sale price. So you're sort of making more in step with inflation. But for other jobs where if somebody has a salary or, uh, you know, hourly maybe hasn't changed and stuff. I mean, that's tough. It's so difficult. I, I just I don't know. So, so you, I, I want to just bring up something different. What so real realtors. So let's say you work on a house and I know mm -hmm. you're dealing with luxury. Let's just say general realtors. You have a house that you are going to sell for a hundred thousand dollars. Then yeah. you have a house you're going to sell for ten million dollars. Yes. And you spend so much more time on the hundred thousand. Shouldn't you get paid the same, or based on work on on both of them? Yeah, I mean, or versus a percentage of the sales price because you know if you go out and I mean if if the ten million dollar house takes you five minutes, you know, someone just calls you and says I want to buy it, and then you're making you know, $600,000 versus if you sell the $100,000 house and you make mm -hmm. six grand, mm -hmm. um, but you spend much more time on that. Should it be a flat fee? <laughs> it's, it's one of those Realtor, things. Realtors like, don't want to say that, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and be like, no, there's no way that makes sense because realistically uh, you are paid a percentage of, of a sale price. And it, I think Why? it's one of those things where I think it's one of those things where in the past, you know, maybe when houses were all uh, where the, the scope of home prices was was more tight. Right. It was kind of like, OK, six percent is the commission that uh, typically is paid. And that's just sort of the way the market's always worked. And it's in a sense, it's a normal market, similar to like corn production or something where the market sets its own pricing. Right. So if everyone else is getting six percent, no realtor is really going to get. 5% and also no realtors are really going to get 7%. So it sort of settles in, but I don't know that people figured, you know, let's say in Beverly Hills or something like the average home price, maybe 14 million in the luxury market, right? Nobody thought you were going to get 6% of that. And you have realtors making more than the people they're selling homes to, which is just, right. uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, that's, that sucks because it's cool. But at the same time, it doesn't make perfect sense. <laughs> but if someone's selling a $14 million house, they're saying, hey, they can pay for X amount of dollars to have it sold. But yeah. then don't you see now these new companies popping up where they try to do things for 1% or 3% and all that stuff too? Yes. Uh, it, and then they yeah. and create this frenzy. I mean, I, I had a deal where we were buying a property that, you know, we, we had two days to look at it. Mm -hmm. as a, for the public had two days to look at it. Then they accepted offers on one day. There were yeah. 30 offers submitted. And it was a $360,000 house. And, you know, we ended up paying four eleven for it. And it, 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 in any other market, it would have been a house worth maybe two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, in fact, it was probably a two. It, it looked it was two hundred thousand dollars about four years ago. Yeah. So you know, it's a, it's that. an interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> thing to think about, I guess, right? Because I think I think the maybe mentality of sellers is it's two things really, right? Like everyone's doing this, okay. Um, at the, at the same time, these other companies are popping up where you can get one and a half or pay 2%, whatever. And it's been sort of interesting, right? Because why would a top realtor who actually performs well, makes your life easier, does better marketing, all this stuff, go and work for those companies? So they exist. But at the same time, from what I know, they're not performing as well as as standard you know, real estate brokerages. Mm -hmm. um, th there is 100% going to be a transition though where people are going to go, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to give you $600,000 on this <laughs> because it's just so much money. And um, I don't, I don't know when that's going to happen. I, th I think when the market's going up, people are like, I've made so much money. I'm fine paying 6%. And when the market's going down, I would think they're like, 
well, the price has gone down and you still need to live. So here's 6%, right? And then you mm-hmm. kind of land in the middle and people start asking questions. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't well, real estate's fascinating. Yeah. I, I, I've really developed a passion for it over the past 25 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just think that when you start looking at the all different ways you can make money in real estate, it's, it's, I mean, starting from, uh, you know, the selling it as a realtor, mm-hmm. buying it as an investor, um, having people, uh, I mean, who, who would have ever thought owning your own home would have been an investment? Cause we were taught, Hey, your home is not an investment. It's just something where you're going to live. So it doesn't matter what happens, but now your homes are going up in price like crazy yeah. that, that you're living in. So now if you sell your house, where are you going to move? Yes. Right. If you sell your house, make, let's, oh, let's make a bunch of money. But then if you're going to go buy something somewhere, yeah, you know, but this is where a lot of, some people are leasing. This yes. to come back to your, to, to answer your question before, um, you know, uh, you know, so let's just say it costs you $3,000 a month to rent someplace. that's mm-hmm. you know, fancy or nice, you know, in a decent area Yeah, and, or 4,000. I mean, I know in Scottsdale at these condos that are, that are eight, eight, 800 square feet that are renting for about, uh, four to 5,000 a month. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, people are, they, but, but it has like, it's in a condo. They have the upstairs, they have all the things with the pool and the, and the social gathering and, you know, uh, we'd say the yuppies, but all the, you know, the, the, everyone getting together, providing that, you know, uh, camaraderie, if yeah. you really like that. And, you know, people are, are paying that. So they say, well, I could own a house. I could own a um, million dollar house and pay $5,000 a year mm-hmm. a, a month uh, mm-hmm. in, in payments. But then you're responsible for all the taxes, the repairs, the upkeep and everything too. Here, you just walk in, you know, you know take the elevator up, you go in your place yeah. and you're good, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I guess, I guess that's where my philosophy comes from. I, I think that, I don't know, when I, when I have this conversation with other people about not wanting to own my own home, um, they're like, well, I've made so much money on my house. And my, <laughs> my first input is always, but if you had taken your down payment and put it in a mutual fund, you would have even more money just because that's the way it's <laughs> usually worked. Like right now isn't the rule. This is the exception. But also homes are relatively illiquid relative to other investment practices. Like, you know, I guess you can refinance and get money out of your house, which sort of works. But at the same time, you know, if you really want to cash in on, on gains, you basically have to sell your home. So it's for, for me, I would rather rent. I think it's a quicker market adjustment both ways. Um, and I'd rather own, you know, apartments and stuff. I mean, for the first time, once we close all of our deals, um, it's, it's pretty cool. I guess like I will be able to pay my rent with passive income, (laughs) which is pretty cool. Right. So you're basically sort of living for free in a sense, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. (laughs) (laughs) You should be, it's, it's, uh, yeah, you should be proud of yourself. And you know, when, when you, if you can work hard and you, and a lot of times it's being at the right place at the right time, knowing, you know, the contacts are important too. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm, I'm very much, um, uh, the, the real estate, the different projects and stuff that, that are coming up. Uh, you know, even if you're, if you're paying a lot, the rental market has continued to increase too. So yes. now you're like, okay, I mean, it, it's, it's hard for the people who are paying the rent as an investor yes. though, you know, you're, you're now able to collect $2,000 a month Yes, where you were, were used to be able to collect $1,250 a month yeah, just because exactly. of a situation uh, yeah. you know, that, that'll take place. So um, it's, it's good for, a return of the investment 
It helps mm-hmm. pay the loan because the loan mm-hmm. loan rates are going to continue to go up yeah. uh, on the commercial side too. And so the more they go up, the more you have to charge, the more you have to, you know, increase the rents. And mm-hmm. then it just kind of is a cycle. And then it all flows down to the people who are paying it. And then they got to yeah. make more money in order to pay the rent. Right. Right. Exactly. And I guess, I don't know, there's a <laughs> lot of conversations to have about all this, which I guess is why we started the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> well, why, why did we start yeah. the podcast? Well, yeah. What do you think? I mean, randomly we were talking one day and I was like, what do you think about a talk show? And you were like, well, I've always wanted to start a talk show. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well maybe we should just, you know, go for a podcast. And it's sort of, I guess sort of, in a sense, it sort of created itself um, at the right time, which is pretty exciting. And, you know, we bought a bunch of equipment and got it all hooked up <laughs> and, and here we are. But I think, I think you and I have um, a similar, maybe entrepreneur mindset, but maybe a slightly different perspective just based on maybe a little bit of age gap. And I think it's cool to sort of, come together and share that with whoever feels like listening. And I think, you know, for us, we just want to be ourselves and get a chance to, to share thoughts and stuff and get feedback. And I don't know, talk, just have casual conversation, right? We don't want feedback. (laughs) Yeah, no feedback. (laughs) Yeah, true. We just want to to say we have the answers to every problem and people just need to listen to what we have to say and don't say anything about it. (laughs) Right. Right. We'll never have any guests and we're never going to do any reading. Yeah, you know, I, I'll have to admit, I, I don't do Facebook, I don't do you know a lot of social media, uh, mm-hmm. just from a time perspective. But I'm a big TikToker. I Me love too. watching, you know. And they have a uh, oh, you too, huh? So yeah, they have this one thing that uh, one of them said, if you buy, I said, if you would have bought a Tesla four years ago, mm-hmm. you know, for a hundred grand, it's worth forty now. But if yeah. you would have put a hundred thousand in the Tesla stock four years ago, you'd have you know tons more money. So yeah. think about what you do with your money. You know, it's, it's nice to have things, you know, mm-hmm. with extra money, but also make sure you, you know, you're putting stuff aside so that you can, you know, say, you know, you want to save for retirement, but you also don't want to just keep saving, 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 and then you don't use it. So there's yes. another, there's a flip side of it because, you know, as you get older, you know, you'll reach a point where you said, okay, I've saved, I've made enough. And what's enough? We don't know. You've made enough to say, oh, you know, with my standard of living, I can, I can do this. And then you can start taking money out of the, right. what you've saved, because what does it, what good does it do you if you die with $5 million or $10 million or whatever in the bank? Yeah. Yeah. Are you making rich? <laughs> yeah. Your kids deserve it. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's interesting, especially for, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know exactly how your income comes, but mine is, is a hundred percent market dependent, right? Like I don't get a salary. I don't get hourly. You just, you can either like feast or famine, right? If you don't sell anything, you're broke. And so for me, I think it's hard to make expensive purchases sometimes because you can look at your current lifestyle and be like, wow, there's, you know, I just sold a big house and now I can afford this. But over time, you have to sort of take your average over I don't know, three years or something to really understand what your true income is. And even that's a little scary. So um, granted, I've bought some dumb things. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we all, we all buy, we all buy dumb things and, and it varies what, how dumb it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, it can be uh, it, you know, some people when they make their first big chunk of money, they, they, you know, what do they do? What's, what's a splurge they go out to do? They'll buy a car or car. they'll buy a watch yes. or they'll buy you know, some jewelry or something, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, big gold chains or, you know, big rings. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, those it's, um, 
my mom used to tell me that if it gives you great joy, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you look at something, it gives you great joy, then, and, and you can afford it, you know, buy it. Yeah. If you can't afford it, don't buy it. I mean, right. you know, it's, it's silly to go, don't go into debt over something that, you know, I mean, I've had, I've had friends that'll go spend $25,000 on a wedding ring and they don't have a dime to their name. And then they're, then they spend the next, you know, five years paying it off. Right. And they don't even like their wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. They don't need, that's, that's yeah. a problem too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and then what happens, what happens when the marriage doesn't work out and who gets that ring and, <laughs> right. and who gets the, who gets the loan and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it'd be great to get, keep the loan and you don't have the ring and you don't have the spouse. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like worst case scenario. And it happens, but, but it does, uh, it does. You know, hmm. I, I'm hoping that, um, with all the stuff going on right now, people just take a deep breath and really just focus on, you know, to, I mean, what, what's really important to them. You yeah. know, is it, is it just you know, how much money can they make? Okay. You're in a, you're in a point in your life uh, where you can, you can say, you know, I'm, I'm going out there. I'm going to make as much money as I can because it's going to run out at some point. Right. It's not going to always be at the level that it's at. No. And then you say, what's going to happen? You know, what's, what's my five-year plan? What's my 10-year plan? Yeah. You know, do you want to be, you know, I don't want to be working when I'm 70 years old. Right. You know, I don't want to be doing what I'm doing right now when I'm 70 years old. I want to be working. I just don't want to be doing what I'm doing now. Um, just because, you know, when I've done it enough and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love doing it, but it's, you know, but that's why I try to do the other stuff too. Yeah. And, you know, the other stuff, meaning, you know, real estate stuff, um, you know, making, making independent films, doing, uh, you know, looking at other types of investments that, that are, that are fun to be involved with yeah. because that, that's, that's the fun part. You know, I mean, anyone could just, you know, write a check for $10 and invest in something and don't see it again and just hope it goes up. But it's fun when you're part of a project or something that you see and you can be part of to, to, Mm -hmm. to see the, the growth, to see the, uh, the, 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 the joy that it brings to you and to other people. Right. Right. I mean, look what we're doing. Look what we're doing with the real estate um, with one project, you and I, where we're going to be providing homes to people who have no, who don't have homes through, through a nonprofit. Right. And that's a really good thing. And I feel really good about, you know, doing a project like that. Yeah. Versus just buying, you know, a, a, a condo that costs, you know, a million dollars and you, and you're renting it for, you know, $8,000 a month and yeah. from someone and you're just collecting cash every, you know, every month. I mean, it, right. it's not the same thing. No, no, it's not. And I, I thought about our, our project a lot too. I mean, when we sort of talked about the vehicle of how we were going to make it happen, I got, I felt really good, you know, and that's what a cool thing to be able to work with people you like and, and, and obviously provide housing to people who wouldn't otherwise have it. And then you make money. It's like, wow, this is, this is what it's all about, I think. And I don't know, it's, you talk about how much is, is enough, right? I think that's a question a lot of people battle with. And I think the answer is freedom. That is what everyone works for. It's, it's the ability to do what you want when you want. And I think that's when people are really like rich. It's not a dollar amount, it's a lifestyle. And I guess that's what my goal would be to, to reach. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so if you keep your overhead down, you keep your cost down, you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't, yes. Could you be in a million dollar, $2 million house? Sure. You could be in it. You can, and you'd be yeah. working to pay, make the payments and do all that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't, and you're able to invest in other stuff and you're still able to 
you know, you're like you said, you're you're going to rely on rents and monies coming in from investments that mm-hmm. you don't have to. You even if you didn't sell a house or you didn't make any income, you'd still be able to, you know, pay everything. So everything you make is is extra. Exactly. So exactly. So you put money away in a retirement plan so that you can have some sort of, you know, the start of something stable. Mm-hmm. You know, you buy. Look at buying types of insurance now, some disability insurance, some other stuff. You know, we'll we'll go into all that on another podcast. But you know, how do how do you really plan things now? How do you use some money so that you're not just blowing it on toys? Yes, exactly. It's fun to blow it on toys. I mean, you know, I mean, I yeah, be the first one to say, you know, if you want to go buy a boat, I'll be out in the boat with you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But there's there's a little book. I don't know if you've ever read. It's called Life's Little Little Instruction Book, and it. It tells you, you know, different things in life. And one of the, one of the things that says, resist the temptation to buy a boat. Yes. Because <laughs> <I>, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's God. really easy to, you know, I want a boat and then you get a boat and then you got, you know, you put it on, then you have to pay for the, the dock or you know, the, 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 the slip. The, yeah. The slip. And then you got to keep, I mean, then you go out to use it. Oh, the battery doesn't work. Oh, you go out to use it again. And, and, you know, um, like me, where we go out. Mm-hmm. there's, and we run out of gas in the middle of the lake. Okay, great. And then we, I mean, it's just, things happen, you know? Yeah. It's, it's funny. You bring up, it's funny. You bring up the boat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost bought a boat like a year and a half ago. <laughs> I was really close. And, and then I started thinking like, okay, and then I have to tow it and then there's maintenance and there's storage and there's all this stuff. Right. And then I was like, that's not a good decision. And I'm thankful I didn't buy a boat because my sister's fiance bought a boat. So it works out <laughs> nicely. <laughs> but but you could take, you could actually rent a boat yeah. um, for, even if you paid a thousand dollars for a day to rent a boat and yeah. you did it five times a year, that's $5,000 versus buying a hundred thousand dollar boat that you're going to take out somewhere. Yeah. I mean, and it's going to have maintenance. Well, okay. So this is, this is buying versus renting a house, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, is, anyway, it is. Yeah. But some people, you know, the, the, the flip side of buying a house, it would be the, you know, you're, you're building equity. Well, if it goes up, you're building equity right now. If it goes down, you've lost equity. Right. Right. I mean, exactly. So you buy a house now for $500,000 and then something happens and now it's worth 400. Yeah. Did you make a good decision? No, we we don't have that crystal ball. Right. Again, I want that ball. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. All you can do is read enough and listen to, you know, podcasts from generic people and maybe get a little better information. (laughs) I know. Well, you know, and I'm even after listening and you, 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 when you hear so many different people, then you can make your own decision. Yes. But it's, it's, so you might say it's an educated decision, but that doesn't mean it's right. Right. And then you just like, if we all knew what it was going to do, we, we buy a, a certain stock. We know yeah. it's going to go up. We buy it. We know it's good. Then we sell it when it's at the high and then we sell it and then we make money. Yeah. So, you know, exactly. I mean, again, you know, if we only knew what the future held, that would be kind of a, a good little yeah. um, uh, superpower to have. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think that one of my, I guess, best lessons that I've learned is, is like, obviously do your research and stuff, but get involved, whatever it is, just just do it. I know it sounds dumb and like you can make bad decisions and stuff, but in my experience, I have a lot more regret from not doing stuff than I do from doing it and having it fail. So always try, I guess is what I That's would say. It. That is the best advice ever. You know, if, if your work ethic is good, instead of just sitting around talking about it, and I have so many people that all they do is sit around and say, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm planning to buy this and I'm going to do this. And then 
five years later, it's the same conversation. 10 years later, same conversation. The 50, yeah. it's the same. So they've made it now 20 years. I've got friends just like this 20 years <laughs> and they have, they, they still have, they're still talking about it. Meanwhile, we've, we've done 10 different things in the meantime, because we've, we just go, you do it. And if you, if yeah. you have the passion and you want to do it, try it. And if it works great, if it doesn't, okay, great. I mean, yeah. we owned a restaurant. It didn't work. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to own another restaurant, but no. people own restaurants and they, they're successful. We did it. You know, right. Shoot us. But right. you know, it, it, <laughs> it is, it is something where, you know, you know, people will say, you know, some people say avoid buying real estate. If they don't really know it, they stay away from it. Yeah. Some people say they won't get into cryptocurrencies. They won't get into stocks and bonds. Oh my God, I'm afraid of stocks and bonds. I'm afraid of this because they don't understand it <laughs> or they bonds. don't, yeah, that they don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no, everybody has, has their own level of risk and you have to have to be comfortable with it. So you don't wake up every morning worried about, oh my God, is that, is that investment going to go up or down? Yes. Yes, exactly. And I think that's why people say like, never invest more money than you're willing to lose. Right. And I, I think it's easy to say that, but it's not as easy as to do that. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember putting money into like a mutual fund and being all stressed and like checking my mutual fund, right. Which is supposed to be there for 30 years. Like you're checking that every day. And now as a seasoned crypto investor, <laughs> you know, you see this thing swing six figures in a day and you're like, all right, I'm gonna go get some lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's yeah. yeah the, the crypto is not for someone who likes stability. <laughs> no, no, but there's yeah. definitely ways to get excited, but we'll save that for another. That, that'll be our crypto day. And we will see you next time when we, when we come up with a real good name for our podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're on the same page. <laughs> awesome. All right. We'll see you soon.